right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, Sunday afternoon in the Kill House, sitting here with my main man, DJ Pie. Been a little while since you've been on a recap, bud. Happy welcome to be back. back. Happy to be back. Happy Sunday to uh, you and yours. And of course, here to uh, share many, many thoughts with us, especially on the LPGA. We This guy was jacked up for the Race to the CME Conclusion Tour Championship this week. Big Randy calling in from Denver. Hello, Randy. How are you? Hey, guys. The race is over. We can declare a winner. I won't spoil anything just for though. <laughs> it's 63 consecutive. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to that. 63 greens in a row. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we There was a golf swing made today that was maybe the most significant golf swing that we've ever seen in golf history. A lot of different golf going on in different parts of the world. Uh, it is the, the holiday season is coming up here, and you can infuse the spirit of that season into your wardrobe and golf game with a little help from Travis Matthew. They got stocking stuffers like golf towels, head covers, and golf gloves. And they've also, of course, got polos, pants, outerwear. It's time to be merry with 20% off your next Travis Matthew order. Discover the perfect gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. You can shop for yourself on Christmas. There's no rule against that. We recommend checking out the Heater Series Golf Collection and Travis Matthews' new Heater Long Sleeve Polo. Perfect for any winter golf occasion. Uh, between new winter layers and your favorite staples like the Zena Polo, getting into the holiday spirit has never looked so good. Head to travismatthew.com radio and take 20% off your Travis Matthew order at checkout when you use code NLU20. That's 20% off your entire order at Travis Matthew, T-R-A. V-I-S-M-A-T-H-E-W.com slash radio. Use code NLU20. Just one T in Matthew. No, Just one T. Don't forget. Yes, all one word as well. DJ, we, you know, we had a little conversation before we got going on what to start with here, and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to do it, but I, th- I think we start with the cat. You know, I've always said, sorry, the cat, a lot of people talk about what moves the needle. I say the cat is the needle. Wow, you know? golly. And if you use that, must credit DJ Pye. <laughs> With a capital I-S. Yeah, he, he is, is he the is needle. needle. Or you can put asterisks around the is if you want to emphasize. I truly, would like, truly I, jarring to see that pop up, right? Well, I'd like to withhold the right to make fun of everyone for talking about this, yet also talk about this of course. first. Okay? Of course, yeah, okay. yeah. It, it was truly shocking. Like, I feel like either there's so much shocking stuff going on all the time that you don't ever feel shocked, or there's never anything quite this shocking to just see the cat pop up making golf swings. I, I don't know how to... I don't really even know where to start with it. It, it uh, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I don't know if joking is the right term, but it was talking to you guys before he came out. I mean, the guy, he literally drove his car off a cliff. Like I, I was pretty, pretty resigned to the fact that like, okay, like hopefully he lives and like, yeah, he might not play golf again. Like that's, that's totally okay. And that was a, uh, and he looked like a golfer. Randy, did this get you excited? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's the Christmas season coming. Sometimes I feel like this time of year, I uh, I, I have a black heart, but <laughs> could not is, care. Is the three, Grinch. three sizes too small. <laughs> L- literally could not care big, less. Big guy I, or I don't small know. heart. Hard, hard to tell. I mean, like, why is Tiger, why does he want to play golf anymore? That's what I can't figure out. You want to get on the super cynical block? You should you should ride that this was all a, uh, a ploy to show off that launch monitor he was using. Don't, no free ads. No free ads. Also, do we know he wants to play golf? No, he made a golf swing. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I don't know what else to say about this other than 
if he wants to play golf, I hope he comes back and plays golf. And if he doesn't want to play golf, I hope he doesn't play golf. You know what I mean? I know that sounds very, very obvious, but listen, man, he truly doesn't owe anybody anything. If he doesn't ever play another tournament, I'm totally fine with that. It's all gravy, I guess. So does it make me happy to see? Yeah, of course it does. But does it, you know, am I holding out for like, oh my God, now he's for sure going to win it. St. Andrews, like I don't even, like no, anything that happens, you know, happens. It's, a, it's all gravy. I didn't think about who said it. Now he's got to be the St. Got to be the favorite, though, right? <laughs> he's got to win for sure. He's the favorite. Did I lay it better? <laughs> you know, maybe. I will not. Ne- I'll never declare him done again. I don't care. He might be seventy-five years old, and I, I still think he has another run in him after what we saw uh, winning the twenty nineteen Masters after being declared dead many, many times uh, in twenty sixteen and seventeen. Uh, it uh, it. The most miraculous thing that we should we should lead. I've said this before. We should lead every show talking about the 2019 Masters because of how absurd it was. Like, still too big to wrap your head. Yeah, around. we haven't really. We we probably are due to do a whole catch up podcast on everything that happened on that day. But I, I guess I'm not shocked. Nine months after uh, the accident, to see him swinging a club. I mean, we've seen videos of him walking out there, and he's not hitting. You know you know, nailing four irons or three woods or drivers or anything like that from what we could tell. And I, I've heard that he's been hitting pitch shots and hitting chips and whatnot. So this didn't, I don't know, it didn't surprise, surprise me to see that. I saw the headline, that the, I get alerts for his tweet, said making progress. I was like, oh my God, this is just like 2017. It's <laughs> literally word for word. Yeah. Yeah. Same I, tweet. <laughs> it's not broke, don't fix it. This time it wasn't, you know, to shoot down rumors that he was, uh, you know, not healthy or whatnot. But Well, I think I, that's the other thing too is like, Randy, I'm with you. I don't want to. I don't want to be cynical, and this is much more of a, a functional comment. But I mean, we've kind of, at least for me, like going back to working at Golf Week, working at the tour, doing all this. We've kind of been doing the like Willy Wonty game for like 12 years. So I'm very, like, I'm not gonna make any predictions. I, I I'm not gonna say I don't care, but you know, yeah, let us know, man. If he, if he's going to a tournament, sweet, we'll tune in. Would love to watch, but I'm not gonna. I'm not hanging with with bated breath on everything. It's too exhausting. Well. Th- and it and it just feels a little bit performative too, Very, at least yeah. the social media stuff. But you know, I I I get the game, so whatever. I I just I don't know. I don't know if it makes me the the weird one or the the messed up one. Where I'm like, ah, I don't I don't really care. Like when he enters a tournament, cool. Like that'll be great, great for him, great for golf. Um, I I just can't get that worked up over stuff like this even when we were when we were just starting out this podcast and and this whole charade or this whole act of his tiger back when he's going to be back like all the little new stuff i was tired of it in the very beginning of this so like this many years in i'm, I'm just very much just like oh yeah I, I i don't know if i can get super hyped i can't do this whole ride all over again and that he's 45 now like dj said almost died in a car accident and i don't know if he's ever going to walk fully like uninhibited ever again i mean do we know that i mean it's a very fair question a, a year in, or, you know can he do 72 holes on a not flat golf course is it well that's what yeah i, I don't even know if it's, it's worth going into any I know, of that stuff like, but it's like man okay so the game continues to be more and more about distance and hitting it as hard as he possibly can he's already you know his his knees already didn't work and cool. and then he pulverizes his whole lower body by again driving off a cliff like it's a lot to expect the man to uh to get out there and and go beat like Rory and Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa and Xander and Patrick Cantlay and all these guys like on the same week. It's just oh, and that's you know I think which, that's which again sorry which again proves how wild the 2019 Masters was. 100%. Of course, <laughs> and, and I think left kind of unsaid and certainly uninvestigated from the crash is 
what was he on? What, if anything, right? And given his addiction history, like how is he going to play the highest level of golf again with that body without taking painkillers? Or it just is like, man, I, I hope he's, I don't know. I just hope he finds peace and happiness and, and doesn't feel like he owes anybody anything. But, you know, who knows? I'll pick a bone with that last part. I think he still owes the golf world and the world at, at large an explanation for what happened in that car accident. It's not a normal thing to do that. And it's he's not done media since then. He has not told his story. He has not shown any you know remorse or regret for driving 87 miles an hour in a 45, whatever it was, and many other things that were you know, rumored to have happened, you know, among that, like you still, I hope that doesn't get brushed completely under the table that that needs to be addressed. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's where it almost is like that. Probably a long time ago. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But now I feel like we're, we're oh, not going to sure. address it if we haven't already, but if we're making, we're skipping right to golf swings. Like when he does come back to a tournament, I think, I hope that he can expect a lot of questions about yeah. it. So Anyways, that was uh, a nice little. <laughs> he got like four million views in, in just a few hours. <laughs> like, it is insane how you can command a, a weekend, even you know during NFL season and, and all that. But uh, LPGA, he, he's the ahead. needle. He is the needle. Thank you for the update on that. <laughs> CME Group Tour Championship down in Naples. Jin Young Ko. She won by 13 shots, but the scoreboard says that she won by one. So I'm really confused as to how this happened. She wins by one over Nasa Hatoka, shoots a final round, 63. Where do we start with this one? Randy, you tell us. Let's go. Let's let's start with player of the year. She clinches the LPGA's player of the year, which, of course, is um, totally point points-based, edges out Nelly Korda. If you guys, let me ask you a question. If If you had a vote for player of the year, would you vote for Jin Young Ko or Nelly Korda? And let me just say, Jin Young Ko has won five times, uh, no majors. Nelly Korda's resume is four LPGA wins, including a major, plus the Olympic gold medal, which obviously does not count as an official LPGA win. God, that's tough. Because it's, <laughs> it's five wins, really. Five to five with the major. Because yeah. I want to say Jin Young, because it felt like a tie coming into this week. It felt like truly whoever wins, if you know, if Jin Young Ko didn't win this week and but beat Nelly, I still probably would have gone with Nelly. But to go out and win the final event, win the one point five million dollars, uh, to hit sixty three consecutive greens, <laughs> sixty three consecutive greens—that's that's unfucking heard of. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be player. Honestly, I was thinking. If you went out and played like putt putt, do you think you could keep the ball in the green <laughs> sixty three straight holes? I was uh, tweeting with someone today. I don't know if I truly don't know if I hit sixty three greens in all of twenty twenty one, let alone sixty three in a row. I know it. Listen, I know the men's game and the women's game are different. And the setups are different. What? Let's just head what? off. Let's just head off all those people. But uh, shout out to friend of the program, Justin Ray. I was tweeting something about the longest streak. I don't know. Did you guys see this tweet? I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Part of me, like, first of all, it sounds like a made-up person and a made-up stat from Justin. Well, no, no, no. So, uh, oh, from Justin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the longest streak on the PJ Tour last year was, of all people, Steve Stricker, with 35 consecutive greens hit. Again, Jin Young Ko hit 63 <laughs> this week. Uh, and taking that even further, if you want to go back into like previous eras on the PJ Tour, Justin Ray, friend of the program, also hollered back that the last time anybody hit over 50 in a row on the PJ Tour was 1995. <laughs> Almost 30 years ago. 
I, I really, Again, Jin Young-Ko hits 63. I, so as soon as they flashed that stat. And only because she ran out of holes. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> truly ran going. out of holes. We're on, we're on to uh, Lake Nona at this point. We're on to the yeah. Tournament of Champions. I think I lost track of the leaderboard because as soon as they flashed that stat, all I cared about was that she hit every For green. Sure. From 100%. Out. There were a couple of close ones. There were a couple that were like <laughs> crowned where she crept out, to the, crept out to the fringe and it trickled back out of the green. She even hit one under regulation on the way in just for yeah. good measure on 17. It was, it was awesome. Is incredible. I think I got to go Nelly based on the the. Wow. By the way, back to your back to your uh, question. American bias, totally American bias. Uh, no, but listen, man, we say the same thing about the men's yeah. the men's side. Majors are majors are what it's about, right? And and I, I think that's got to count for if not, you know, I don't, there's no calculation, but it, it counts for more than one in my mind. I think I feel differently about it on the LPGA tour, and I'll tell you why. It is a different they have less tournaments and they have more tournaments where everyone shows up everyone's going to be there basically so a win on the lpga there are many different layers to wins on the pga tour that's a very good point and lpga feels like every week that they it's you know a lot of the same names you'll see at the top because they're playing pretty much every event so that it's a little just a different scale on the lpga tour if you ask me randy what do you think it's tough it's it's really hard it's awesome by the way i think just to you know Besides the th- 63 greens and regulation, which may or may not be a record, uh, LPGA doesn't keep such records. You know, Jin Young Ko tied the record for most consecutive rounds in the 60s this year at 14. Um, so she's done she's done some really historic stuff. I, I, in the interest of being consistent, though, I do have to agree with you. You know, I remember arguing in on behalf of Mickelson some years where, like, if you if you capture a major, that has to be worth more than just one regular win. So I think I would give it to Nelly, but I have no issue whatsoever that Jin Young Ko is the winner. I, I do think Jin Young Ko has proved. I, I think when she is on and at her best, I, I think it's world class. I don't think anybody has a higher gear. For what it's worth, also, uh, Jin Young Ko played two more events than Nelly as well. So Nelly got four wins in, in two less starts also. I, she had more endurance, though. It looked like Nelly honestly ran out of steam. And then she's yeah. talked to, she was talking some this week about her energy level being a bit low, and she looked just a little uh, little fatigued there in a final round 69. I think that stretch leading into the uh, Solheim Cup, and maybe there's a lot of these stretches, and I'm, I'm just not paying close enough attention to women's golf, but... Uh, that stretch leading to the Solheim Cup was truly insane. When you really like looked at where all those ladies had been the last oh. five weeks, <laughs> I was like, man, I, I can't go to like the West Coast and back and not just be derailed for you know a week. <laughs> They're in like Singapore, Scotland, Korea. I'm over still Inverness. I'm still right. recovering from Abu Dhabi in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough travel schedule. I I don't know what what a great budding rivalry though. For, uh, for between, real. between Nelly and Jin Young Ko. Jin Young Ko is 26. Um, gosh, how old's Nelly? She's what, 22 or 23? Yeah, she's I got, I forget, but nine, <laughs> 10 more majors to go. What was the, uh, she's, she's super young. What was the Jin Young Ko stat you, you shared on Twitter, Randy? That made me laugh really hard. Oh, well, so her first official year on the LPGA was 2018. And uh, she now has a one to one ratio between player of the year awards and missed cuts. With, <laughs> with, with two each. <laughs> God, it's it's crazy. Um, she shot 30-30 on the front nine uh, over the weekend. 
with with a bogey. She bogeyed nine yet on Saturday to uh, to shoot thirty on the front, which is and she's not even hitting range balls this week. Oh yeah, we didn't even oh, right. we didn't even mention that. That's probably the most outrageous part of the whole week, right? But what, yeah. Explain that. She's just showing up, and I, I almost kind of wanted her to as an homage, maybe to the cat, especially being in the news today. Maybe you know tell somebody that she popped a bone back in place in her wrist at one point. <laughs> but that was the issue, right? She had a left wrist injury and. Was showing up to the golf course, not hitting anything above a sixty-yard pitch As before an, her round. That's an homage to her crush, Brooks Kepka. right? Who's, he's like, I don't need, I need to hit golf balls before the round. That was, she that, gave an interview a couple years ago where she said, admitted she had a huge crush on uh, on uh, Brooks Kepka. <laughs> and I don't know if any of this is getting lost in translation, but she said she met him in his dream, in her dream, and then we had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. She's the best. I love. She's like. Super, just an awesome disposition on the golf course. I've never met her, but uh, from people I've talked to, they seem to really like her. And she's she she learns she's learning English through rap songs. through YouTube <laughs> through YouTube videos. Like she has a really? she had a, a in that video, she has an interpreter like answering the question like reading the question back for her in Korean, but she answers it entirely in English. Huh. And uh, she did. If anybody wants to Google something, kind of a timeline cleanser, the LPGA does like these little short videos on Twitter, kind of like mystery box where the players like put their hands in a box oh, and they don't know so what's good. in there and they kind of feel around. And Jin Young Ko's was amazing. It's just like four minutes of her <laughs> freaking out and <laughs> laughing. And it's impossible not to just like sit there and laugh. It's it's a great four minute video. Talk about a concept that is just like, man, why does this work? <laughs> yeah. And I, I sit there and I watch the whole thing. The I, caddy I quiz games, is, those, those are great. really good. Those I, get me every time. I did have... You know, we can maybe do it later. Maybe we take this to the trap draw already. But I, I was saddened and dismayed to see her favorite movie was A Star Is Born, oh. a, a film notoriously I, hated by me and my big compatriot. And maybe that's you know maybe that's some of the language. Yeah, I, I think know, so. She, I think so. <laughs> she she just doesn't quite know what's like <laughs> schlock pandering yet. Or that's or why not. you guys went with Nelly. That was the tiebreaker sure. right there. Yeah. Well, we need to find out what Nelly's favorite movie is. We'll effort that. Uh, Hannah Green wins the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge, which is a million dollars, which is an, an absolutely enormous prize on the LPGA Tour. She's, uh, they covered it on the broadcast. Judy Rankin was all over it saying uh, that the housing market in Australia is insane. She has not been able to afford a house, and now she has a million dollars, and she's going to go buy a house. So how about that? It was uh, She almost played, it, uh, almost played the Risk Reward holes uh, in a full shot under par on average this year. It was what? What was the stat? I'm gonna mess it up. But it was equal to like her last two or three years, something of like that. career of earnings or something on on tour. So yeah, a true, true game changer, uh, which is awesome. And on that note, uh, man, I I must have missed this earlier in the week, but heard it on the broadcast. One of the rare CEO interview things that kind of made me be like, wow, re- really? The uh, <laughs> the winner of this the CME Tour Championship next year gets two million bucks. Up from 1.5 as it currently is. Up from 500,000 in 2018. Yeah. Uh, so like four years later, a you know, 4X increase, which, spoiler alert, I think we're going to be hearing about some purse increases on the uh, PGA Tour this week. So let's just, we'll get ahead of that and uh, not let the LPGA get completely dwarfed as uh, I think they're probably about to. But mm. good on everybody involved in that. That's insane. Your boy Terry Duffy in the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, <laughs> but I will say that that purse increases all throughout the uh, the tournament too, which is cool. Yeah. I think like sixtieth place, last place gets um goes from like eleven thousand to forty thousand, which is which is great. 
Anything else on the LPJ? Also, shout out to our uh, LPJ did their kind of annual awards banquet this year. Shout out to Madeline Sagstrom, our our young hitter, our favorite, who got the Heather Farr Award. Kind of a uh, I don't know what you call it. Kind of a courage award type type of thing. Uh, yeah, like courage, perseverance. Yeah, and she gave a great speech. Uh, I put that on my my Instagram, but it's I, it's on her Instagram as well. Go follow her and check that out. It was really really good stuff. So uh, yeah, pumped to see that. Get on board the LPGA. They just announced their 2022 schedule. Whether it be watching events on TV or getting one, getting out to one around where you live, between Nelly, Jin Young Ko, Patty Tavitaniket, there's so many good young players coming up. In Lydia Lydia Ko's resurgence this year, she was a a clear cut number three on the LPGA tour this year. I mean, Minji Lee is 25 and won a major this year. Like, she has tons of talent. It's it's getting really good. Leona McGuire hasn't even won yet on tour, and she's a absolute killer. Uh, so I just can't speak enough about how how good that product is, and I think it's just going to keep getting better and better. So uh, fun times ahead for the LPGA. One uh, just random thing in women's golf, just saw a note that their uh, their lead producer is leaving. Beth Hutter, I believe, at the Golf Channel, produces all the LPJ stuff. Only reason I bring that up is because anytime you talk to anybody that works in and around the LPJ, whether that's Grant Boone, Jerry Foltz, Karen Stupples, any of those people, all they do is just rave like lunatics about how great Beth is and how much they like working for her. So that seems like a, a bit of a loss, but just something worth worth noting. It would be interesting to know what the full story is there. And, and maybe it's nothing nefarious, but... It does uh, seem like uh, Beth Ann Nichols had a line in her in her story about it. And I don't know if it was a quote or if it was kind of a, a point she was making, but it, it is a, it's strange to see someone leave a job like that that basically only about four or five people on the planet get the chance to do. And she's kind of leaving. We can do it. We talk about it every <laughs> yeah, week. We sure. would totally be able to do that. <laughs> we couldn't even get the fucking mics turned on <laughs> today. Uh, but she's leaving what in kind of what seems like her peak, and I know she was able to do some major championships this year and kind of she was, I think, probably at the head of the uh, the all female broadcast, which was what at Randy at the shop, right? Maybe. Yep. Uh, yes. And yeah, so just kind of, I don't know. I guess disappointing from a fan's perspective to see that, but if that's what she wants to do and she wants to spend time with family, then good for her. But worth worth mentioning. Maybe Chris can check in with his aunt Molly, figure out what's going on. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it Thanksgiving this week. Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, be thankful for food, family, wow. and free bets. That's right. Not only is that the greatest transition in No Leg Up podcast history, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in uh, on, on Thanksgiving action, make your first deposit, and play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. Your boy cashed. Did you kick some ass this week? Cashed. Yeah, Way to go, man. We are on a heater. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code NLU this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I, I, keep, I get the, the big breath in to get the don't need Indiana, and we don't need it anymore. You've so. got your endurance built up. Uh, I think next going across to the European tour, the dude, dude, perfect world tour. The, the uh, <laughs> yeah, 
is, is that starting the new year, DP? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, Colin Morikawa <laughs> has started the DP here early here, the European Tour mainstay. Uh, Morikawa, I think he's originally from somewhere in the UK, wins the race <laughs> to Dubai, wins it by three, shooting a final round 66. Uh, Spiritually, he might be from, from Scotland or something like that. You know, he really seems to connect mm-hmm. with the soul of the game. 100%. Um, I think he might be the youngest Tom Morris. <laughs> When are we going to see this guy make his way over to the States here for, uh, you know? Yeah, we'll see him play against some real competition. <laughs> see what happens. Do you, do you guys know how many uh, full Europe, just sole European tour events he played this year? Three. It was three. Yeah. Uh, he, three. Finished, he finished 68th and 71st in two of them. <laughs> and, uh, of course, wins the event this week to win the race to Dubai. So just to break that down for people, so, of course, the British Open, his victory there, Counts as a massive W. I guess his win at uh, concession. The concession. I wanted to say succession. Uh, amped for nine o'clock tonight. Uh, <laughs> his win at secession counts. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where. And then of course his win at the DP, <laughs> the Dude Perfect World Tour Championship, uh, also also counts. Let's get it. <laughs> you guys are. You he guys was hucking balls from the rooftop and stuff. <laughs> it was awesome. My nephew is super into it. No, I will say, shout out to the dudes because my nine-year-old nephew went to a live show in Louisville and they were exceptionally nice. Met him like pre-show and my nephew absolutely loves it. Love that. That's that's really uh, nice. Can you guys believe it was one to two Americans racing to Dubai? How about I, that, I man? I was more shocked Billy Horschel finished second. Unreal. And one thing, just to, I know we've, we've said this a lot, we've made lots and lots of jokes about this, but the whole like lifetime membership thing, you get that if you win a major, that's mm-hmm. not like a, uh, that's not like a marketing thing. Like I, I made fun of that for a long time with the Patrick Reed, like they've, they've offered him lifetime membership on the European tour. It's like everybody who wins a major gets that. So that's why Morikawa had that. Uh, so Kyle Porter tweeted this early about earlier about Morikawa in his first 60 events as a pro, two major wins. Six overall wins, four second place finishes, 24 top tens, five missed cuts, $18.5 million earned in 60 events. Uh, first to two majors and eight starts since Bobby Jones, first American to win the race to Dubai, and 3 0 and 1 at the Ryder Cup, all while having negative strokes game putting. <laughs> wow. That is patently absurd. And he's not like dominating off the tee yeah. either. Like his iron play is truly that good. That he and he gets some hot weeks with putter. He's winning ten percent of his starts as a pro. Well, the I think the thing that jumped out to me the most is twenty. Would you say twenty four top tens and sixty starts? Yes, that's good. without being able to putt. <laughs> that's really good. Oh gosh, yeah. It just seems like it's. But it's kind of an indicator, right? Of like it's never going to be. Uh, like he's not going to go out and miss a bunch of cuts, right? Like the ball striking is going to seemingly keep you in every week, and it's just kind of a matter of whether you're going to finish thirtieth or you know top three depending on the putter. And it's only, yeah, it's only got four measured rounds so far in 2022. Um, so just one start this fall, but it shows him at, at uh, almost a full stroke gain putting so far in this fall. So if he's truly has maybe turned a corner with the putting here from July on or whatnot, uh, that's worth noting because that means world number one. If he can yeah. putt average, he's the best player in the world. When he does get the putter going, man, it's, it's really fun to watch. And I can't, I won't lie and claim that I watched this tournament live, but I did watch the... Uh, European tours kind of packaged up highlights video, and when he he did it at the at the 
open championship. But when he starts making those like 15, 20 footers, cause he just, I mean, he hits it to 15, <laughs> 20 feet on every single freaking hole. When he starts running those in, man, he's so fun to watch. He's Four like superstar, superstar fun to watch. I, when he starts making 15 footers, he can cancel Christmas. <laughs> really, he's in the open field. He's bucking wildly. You know, what my favorite part about Morikawa is, is, is flair for the dramatic or seeming flair for the dramatic. I, I really like that about him. He, he seems special. He, I, uh, dude, I'm I'm so with you in that I, I know this is going to be debunked by every like strokes gain thing, and it's l- just luck and blah 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 variance, yada yada yada. But dude, he truly seems like he just steps up and like hits amazing golf shots in amazing moments, right? Yeah. I mean, going back to Harding Park, going back to the Open, go like even today, like some of those three woods he hit, dude, they're just on just ropes. It's so awesome to watch. It, it's yeah, it's amazing that. I don't know. He's got the weirdest record in terms of marrying up stats with like his his win record, right? Yeah. Like he like the data golf numbers don't have him as one of the top ten best players in the world, like on strokes gained and stuff. It's just it's interesting though because he doesn't. Well, I, big I don't tone, know why. Tone was in the field this week, also. I think it, <laughs> it to to your point, like when he needs to hit the shots to win, he does it yeah. right. Yet there's many weeks that he's forgotten about and just totally. kind of just there, right? But which is a hundred percent like my favorite player yes. to watch. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's yeah, the best. It, feel, it feels very Spethian. And I was going to ask because I don't know the answer, so I'm not setting you up here. But was data golf or like are they were they super high on Spieth when he was winning majors? I don't know the answer to that, but Spieth and Morikawa are right next to each other in their rankings at 17 and 18 right now. Yeah. Should I, I, yeah, I think I know which one I'm taking if we're, if we're doing a heads-up bet <laughs> going into the week. It's Morikawa. That's, yeah. I don't downplay Jordan's season, though. It didn't finish great. He kind of, you know, kind of petered off there t- towards the end of the year. Teetered off? What do you say? I don't know what that word is. Petered out. I petered think. out, something like that. But at one point, he was second to Rom in these rankings yeah. in terms of like strokes game, like the dudes that are getting the, out of all the dudes in the world that like he's been the set. He was the second best at getting the ball in the hole this year. Besides the dudes. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who can get any kind of ball in any kind of hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know who did not put it in, uh, get any kind of ball in any kind of hole today? The rib, the rib, Rory McIlroy. Sad, sad Rory. It was uh, a mad Rory, mad Rory, mad Rory. Uh, the, the shot on, uh, was that 15 or 16? 15. The little wedge that, you know, is basically going to land, you know, a foot and a half behind the hole and probably one hop and stop. Instead, it clanks off the flag stick and bounces back in the bunker, like an impossible bunker shot. Uh, not that that's why he lost. I mean, he, he got completely run down by Morikawa. And where did he bogey? Like three of the last four? Something like that. European tour does not their scoreboard scorecard does not like collapse anymore. I'm I'm kind of confused on how to get into his his hole by hole here. But I think he bogeyed three of the last four. Not That's good. Tough. <laughs> it's not going to get it done. And then was photographed after the round on his phone inside the clubhouse with his shirt ripped from the collar all the way down to his nipple. I don't know if this is a <laughs> a, a, a shout out to Harry Higgs of any kind or. Uh, if this is the new Nike style, which one Twitter user has, rec- has suggested. And uh, apparently he snapped a club today, too. Like, this is kind of out of character for Rory. And I don't know if I, I'm kind of laughing about it, but I'm kind of like, dude, that seems, seems I don't know Tense. if misplaced is the word. Like, he just won the CJ Cup. I had an otherwise great week this week. And it kind of kind of makes me wonder about, do, is this how, does Rory feel at this point in his career, it's win or bust? 
and anything else is going to be incredibly frustrating. If that is the case, man, that is not a great way to go about week to week, if you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a that's a good point. It's as always, I mean I I am psychoanalyzing and totally guessing. Retweets do not equal endorsements here, but from the outside looking in, man, it just seems like there's a lot on the mind, right? And I, I think you saw that at the Ryder Cup. I think there was it just seems like Rory goes through a lot of uh very understandably, like a lot of very extreme highs and lows. And that kind of felt like what we saw today. You know, the passion, I think, I think we all, it's such a fine line. I, I think we've all been begging to see more passion right. and fire from Rory. And so, you know, I can't fault him for ripping his shirt or, or throwing a club. I, I, I mean, I think, I think in the broader context, it's probably win or it doesn't really matter, right? For Rory, like that's just a, that's just how good he's been. And it's, maybe unfair not you know it's tough for him but i i I think historically speaking you know a tie for second a tie for third here there like that doesn't really do much it's it's how many wins can he amass the only thing i'll say is like is that how good he's been or is that how good he was you know what i mean i'd also like to correct myself if if it's getting to a boiling point of he didn't break a club today that was rex hoggard's tweet was referring to a club that he has previously snapped. I, I was confused. I almost, I had it, I had it locked and loaded. Almost the the super bad GIF. That was like eight years ago, asshole. <laughs> uh, People don't forget. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, all right, come on. These these are fairly isolated incidents with with the rib. I don't know that we really need to be referring to uh, him hucking the the club in the uh, the Doral Lake in like 2016. I don't know if that had a huge impact on today. This guy, this guy, you know, this guy got some run there on on the social medias. Uh, shout morning. out! I gotta, you know, Sal, you're not gonna like it. I gotta give a huge shout out to Tour Miss. <laughs> there, nobody, nobody gets in <laughs> Sally's ass like Tour Miss on Twitter, just constantly farting on him for not being on site and in person. Best. It's the absolute best. <laughs> so I was, I was so chuffed, chuffed to see that tweet get the get some run. <laughs> Your response? Any response would take me like 30 minutes to explain. <laughs> like, uh, it is true. It's unprecedented amount of ass getting from from uh, from Torbis. God, just search it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Constantly blowing up Solly. She's all- You're not even here. When uh, when when we broke the the uh, Rory Trump story in 2017, uh, we were also having a little bit, little bit of fun on Twitter. We did like a fake tweet from Trump calling us fake news. And she thought that was real and also ran with that. That's what we were kind of dealing with from, from tour miss here. Listen, sure. She should, should get them wrong every now and again, but you know, you, know, you gotta be judged by every your, your 10 years. Play. We get a nipple pick. And, uh, it's a volume game. Exactly. Uh, the RSM classic. Do we, I honestly, to Taylor Gooch, a uh, fine young player, good yeah. friend of a friend of the program, Max Homas, who has been raving about Taylor Gooch for quite some time. Truly. Uh, yeah, asked him today, just kind of what, you know, what do you like about his game? What impresses you most? He was, he was just effusive in his praise of Taylor, uh, the way he ball strikes it, the way he plays in the wind, which I guess obviously makes sense for, uh, him winning this week in Sea Island. Uh, but yeah, Max, you know, a a world-class ball striker in his own right. It's, it's a true game recognized game situation. So I, he's kind of been telling us that for about a year, 18 months, like, Hey, it's only, only a matter of time for Taylor. And he got one today. Can't say I watched it, but I'm happy for him. 
Fact, his first there, ever PGA Tour win. It. I, I respect that. His first ever PGA Tour win, which is, that's fun. Good yeah. for him. Max, honestly, Max makes him sound like a, a young Tony Finau. No, we no. You just like come on, yeah, big. We no, can't abuse it. Have to try, like, just have to squeeze it in there. And even when it doesn't apply, like you're hurting no, your own stock the here. Same, no, the same stuff Max says about Tony Finale said about Taylor Gooch. I, I honestly, I would like to see hear Max say something, even privately, something bad about somebody. Well, he also does that. We're just not allowed to say it. <laughs> I went up. There's another thread you're not on, Randy. Did a lot of stuff about you. <laughs> Tyler McCumber also almost shot 59 today. He had a wedge into nine, did not stick it close. Shot a shot a final round 60. Um, Denny McCarthy, That's cool, man. really cool. Yeah, uh, Denny McCarthy <laughs> in the wind and the shit yesterday, lipped out his second shot into 18 to shoot 28, and then ran it one over the edge. Uh, actually, what did he shoot? I think he shot 29 actually on the front. He lipped out his his shot for 27, and then ran his birdie on the edge, and then finished with a 29 on the front nine. Uh, yesterday, I, I was out. I accident. I went out to follow Kyle Stanley and Joel Damon, and I stumbled upon that group. And he like had played his way into fifth place on the other side of the golf course. That was uh, that was pretty interesting. Twenty nine thirty six. Tough for him. Tough conditions out there. We spent more time in the car going there and back than we did actually on site because it was not not that pleasant. But what, I don't know if it's worth getting into. What you guys have thoughts on the RSM from a macro perspective? It is. Um, bro, it's a, it's a it typifies the fall series for me. It's like very optional. If you want to watch, watch. There's nothing there that's like, hey, you're missing out big time on this one. Um, we've been, we've gone up there. My wife and I've gone up there on like a Saturday in the fall when it's been nice and sunny, and it's just a, it's, it's beautiful great. scene totally out great. there. It's yeah. a great laid back event. It's it's kind of like a, a diet version of the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head. I think just like the beach vibe, kind of the marsh and. Uh, you know, very, very laid back crew. There's no need for much crowd control or anything like that. Um, kind of a hybrid between a corn fairy field and a, and a, and a regular field. It's some rookies, some young guys, if you want to go see them out there. I think this year, the way it shook out with, you know, the field was one of their weaker ones probably. And a bunch of people got cut that were, maybe they were counting on being around for the weekend or like most of the guys I have starred in my app missed the cut this week, uh, which that was tough, but coincidence. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's not much of a. Uh, this is the last FedEx Cup, full FedEx Cup point uh, event of the year, and it does not necessarily end with a bang or send you off into the 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 break with a bang. But I enjoy I enjoy going. I think it's an interesting tournament. I think what I have a hard time squaring in my head is I agree with everything you just said. I've been to this tournament I don't know six times, seven times. Always really enjoy being there. Everybody who's on site is having a blast when the weather's good. Uh, it is sometimes very blustery and cold like it is like it was this week, but uh, it's really hard to square the like, yeah, it's totally optional. Watch it or don't. I don't care with the fact that it's like a full FedEx Cup event. Right. right. And that's from a fan perspective. I think it's just there's a dissonance there. It's kind of hard to hard to square those two things of like, well, am I supposed to care about it? or Am I not supposed to care about it? You can't tell me. Every single one of these events is is kind of like the same, right? <laughs> you can't tell me this is the same as as a colonial or the same as a farmers, the same as you know. I, I know Bay Hill and Memorial and Riv and are slightly elevated and all. The, it's just I don't know if this gets us into kind of PGL territory to to talk about some of that stuff, but it's it just feels uh, 
I don't know. Just there's a, a dissonance, I think, is is the word that I'm I'm keep coming back to. It just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think there's uh I don't know if this is substantiated or has been reported anywhere, but uh it sounds like there's some rumblings of whether or not these fall events are gonna continue to have FedEx Cup points and whether that is a you know, what that means and what that might be paving the way for and all these things. It just uh kind of just feels like a uh thing that we keep just bolt it's an erector set that we just keep bolting on more and more parts too and it's just it's getting really hard to see the big picture i guess is how i feel this, this having the same fedex cup point of you know points as memorial and riv is is tough uh, it's slightly different those are 550 are they 550 yeah okay well but really. if you can explain to me the difference between sure. 550 and 500 I, I don't know that there's a a ton of uh casual it's, fans out there who are really grasping that nuance it seems like 10 percent more <laughs> <laughs> Um, some may call it a handout, which may, we may get to that a, l- a little bit later on. But so the strength of field this week at the RSM was 249. Strength of, P- of field at the DP World Tour Championship, 282. Not that far off for their championship versus yeah. uh, a, a small uh, small little PGA Tour get-together, if you will. But I think some change to the fall series would benefit a lot of people. I don't think it needs to be a PGL. Uh, the PGL conversation, I think, is different to say, like, Hey, let's do a fall sprint series. Let's just do a people can play as much as they want, go for a $2 million bonus at the end of the fall series, or it can mean you're fully exempt for an extra year or something to win that fall title. Give, you know, dangle something, but give the, I know, as soon as I say this, it's like, well, shit, this kind of screws the big, the events there. It's like, give some of the big guys some, a chance to take some time off if they want it. Well, that's the, yeah, this is the thing that it, it clicked this week as I was, we were talking to somebody and, I, I was kind of embarrassed. I'd never thought about it this way, but for, you know, the last 20 years of watching golf, I think I would have heard what you just said and screamed like off season, off season, off season. This makes no sense. Shut it down. And when you really look at like the full landscape and this idea of where the weather's nice and, you know, how some of those places tend to have millions and ten millions of, of tens of millions of dollars to throw around for uh, silly season golf events. It's like, yeah, maybe I guess the PJ Tour can't really just create a vacuum, you know, and just say like, oh, yeah, we're just going to take three months off. And, uh, yeah, we assume all these players are dying for three months off and they surely won't go play around the world for all these exorbitant appearance fees and help those places build up, you know, what they're trying to build. So I I had never really thought about it that way and that – yeah, the tour, like, I'm not going to say it can't take an off season, but it would be, like, fairly debilitating to it, especially when you have this Saudi golf league trying to start up. Like, maybe that's, like, guys are going to go play, right? Like, we've seen that in over the last few years. Like, guys guys will go play for the right amount of money, and so it's almost a, a whack-a-mole game of just, like, not allowing those those chances. It's, it's God, it's very weird. <laughs> it's a very weird situation. Sounds like we might need a two-tier system. <laughs> I don't know, man. Shall we get into that? Sure. Well, before we do that, this, I, I feel like this, this part's not even in the copy, but I really do want to draw attention to a ridiculous Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, deal. $150 off a wrap soda right now, uh, plus a 30-day free premium subscription uh, the, that is going live as of midnight tonight, meaning into Monday the 21st. You can go to rapsodo.com slash NLU. Use promo code NLU for $150 off a mobile launch monitor plus a 30-day free premium subscription. 
You've heard us rave about these mobile launch monitors. They're extremely accurate. They get within 2% of a unit that might cost you $20,000. The the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor app, it automatically tracks your stats, stores video with Shot Tracer. It helps you with your club gapping. If you're looking to try to gain some speed, understanding the true distances that you hit each club, it provides immediate feedback and data, creates a better practice environment, keeps you from just mindlessly hitting balls. It's very portable. It's about the size of a rangefinder. You can use it both indoor and outdoor. So rapsodo.com slash NLU, promo code NLU for $150 off, plus a 30-day free premium subscription uh, for this week only. So check that out. How about that? That's, that's a really good deal. It's a very good deal. Uh, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Please get on that's that. That's a good deal. That's like, good. So this past week, we had Andy Gardner from the the CEO of the Premier Golf League on the podcast. He was on for two and a half hours. I hope if you are listening to this show that you listen to at least the main the majority of that, if not all of that. And we said we tried to separate out. We tried to, you know, bef- begin before the interview, tried to introduce Andy a little bit and talk a little bit about what you're going to hear, but tried to limit what our kind of reaction and takeaways were from the interview and said we'd do that here on Sunday's show. And here we are. It's time. Randy, I'll start with you. What's what's your what's your reaction to this? Because I, I don't really full, think I fully know where you stand on all of these all these developments. You know, if we can call them that, can we call them that? Uh, so I have a very important question to ask. What did you, Andy say on the podcast? <laughs> no. Well, do you want my real reaction or do you want me like to be a good sport? Uh, I want you. Come, we regret this. I want your real reaction. I I don't care. Whatever <laughs> happens is going to happen, and just I'll figure it out then. I, oh. I'm. It's kind of exhausting to me. Uh, too many moving pieces. I just. I I don't. It's it's hard for me to truly muster the 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 effort to care. Cause I, I just don't. So I, I'm, that's kind of my unvarnished opinion. It's like the Stephen A. Smith, uh, reaction videos. We don't care. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say this right here. We don't care. DJ, I, mean, I, don't I, think- I, I, I potentially care, right. but it just feels, my thing is it just all feels, it might not be far away, but it just, to me, it feels far away. We're and so early in this. Truly. It's just like, man, just wake me up in like five years when something either does change or doesn't change. I think that's fair. That's fair. I, I get that. I'm, I, I'm sure a lot of fans probably feel the same way. Yeah. Why are we talking about this now? It's not happening, which is fair. I, I totally agree. A lot of, a lot of directions we can go. <laughs> Many this. different. Directions uh, I don't know what my gut reaction was. I, I think it was good to hear everything spelled out. Uh, I think I still have a lot of questions, I guess, or a lot of, it, it ended up again, if you want my, my full unvarnished uh take on it what i kind of ended up feeling was and this honestly might have even changed since then but was more of like a uh i felt like the saudi stuff almost felt like a bigger threat than the pgl and by that i mean it it felt very it felt like a massive 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 mountain to climb for the players to rally together and blow up the existing structure it is it was my my big takeaway. And I think you asked Andy about that, like what happens if the PJ Tour just either says no or the players don't get behind this. And I, I think his answer was either, uh, it was kind of both. On one hand, it was like if the PJ Tour wanted to just ignore us and do this themselves, then like good on them, go for it. Uh, and which more on that in a minute. But I think the other answer was, you know, if the PJ Tour says thanks but no thanks, I would have to assume then, you know, they would be pretty comfortable going back to their, okay, we're going to try to poach the biggest guys model, which I would think puts them pretty significantly behind the 
Saudi stuff if that's what they're doing now, right? If that's what we assume they're doing now. Does that yes. all make sense? It does. And it's a it was a long it was a lengthy answer and again a reason why that podcast had to be as long as it as it was is and we didn't even get to everything, right? There's a, still a ton of questions on where the events would be, how the how the ownership elements really work. In my opinion, with the amount of time we spent on it, I was very much of the case of like, all right, we've probably overwhelmed people enough as it is and diving in on the specifics of the events and how the ownership and how relegation work are all details that he can give you like an idea of what that's going to look like, but details that needed would have to be ironed out. Right. And as of right now, the, I guess the, I don't know if the purpose of that from their perspective is to like get this information out there and get players talking about it or get awareness. Like they have tried to get in touch with the PGA tour to, you know, present this to them and figure out a way for it to work together. Which a quick pause in that. If I, I mean, again, you mentioned this on the pod, but like, if you are the PJ Tour, like, wh- I don't want to paint this as like, what the fuck? Like, why is the tour not right. responding? Like, of course, the tour hasn't responded, right? Like, yeah. imagine if someone was constantly sending us emails, like, hey, I'd love to come in and like blow up your business. Like, I know everything's <laughs> been going great, but like, please, I have this model. You have to listen to me. Like, yeah, I don't think we'd fucking respond to them either, right? Like, I, I, I get that they're supposed to be acting in the best interests of the members, and, and that's where I'm yes, at, though. Like, on a macro level, I get it, but on a very like cynical, realistic level, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, of course they're not responding. Which brings into question, if I'm a player on the PGA Tour, it brings so much of the structure of the tour into question, right? Because if this proposal is out there, and if, let's just, let's take their, you know, their word as gospel for here. If there's $9 billion being left on the table, half of which would be owned by PGA Tour members, and the PGA Tour executive branch uh, would not hear them out on that. Like that would be a big, big issue for totally. me if I'm a tour player. And yeah. of course, like maybe if you were a tour player who took the time to dig in and understand what's going on, which is again, a very cynical view for me, but I, I'm skeptical that that's going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just, it's, it's a really big barrier, I think, to get everybody rowing in the same direction on an issue that takes two and a half hours to spell out on a podcast. I don't disagree. Um, I think and, that that sorry. podcast was a big step in that. I do too. I I've totally agree. And I think there's, there is a way to do it if the right people are, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, uh, <laughs> I was joking before we came on. Like it, it I mean, it, it seems like my very exceedingly limited knowledge of things like this. I mean, it seems like they're, they basically would need to stage like a, a hostile takeover of the PJ tour, right? Like they would need to essentially have the players vote to say, we need this Andy guy in charge rather than trusting the PJ tour to do something similar themselves. Right. And I know there are limitations on what the tour can do based on its structure and how they can, you know, whether they can divide things out and kind of make like a two tiered unequal system. I I know there are limitations and he did a, a good job of explaining a lot of that stuff. But again, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying there aren't things moving behind the scenes still. And I'm sure there's a billion things I still don't either get or know that are, that are shaking behind the scenes, but it does seem like they would have to, at some point when push comes to shove, it seems like the PGL's way forward would be for the majority of PJ tour players to say, we want this guy instead of Jay, right? Which seems like a, a big boulder to push up the hill. I, I, Totally agree with that. And, I, and I, I truly don't know what's going to happen. I don't either. And yeah. that's putting aside all of my like fan, the, the fan side of this. Because if I'm a fan, 
I'm so lockstep with everything he spelled out. Yes. And I, that's, that's what I do want to see. And I do think it's a better format and I do think it'd be good to have a different media structure. And I do think it'd be good to have all of like, to have a two tiered system that you can check into, you know, which event you want to watch and, and know who's going to play on a given week and know what the schedule is going to be. And, and all of those things, like I'm, I'm so all in on all that. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to couch my expectations because what it seems like is from the outside looking in and watching golf, like pretty closely the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I worry pretty deeply that what's going to end up shaking out is just like the worst possible version of this idea yeah. that the PJ tour stands up on their own. And we already saw that kind of hinted at with the, with Eamon Lynch's reporting and now kind of these rumbles about whether FedEx cut points are going away in the fall. Uh, does that clear the way for kind of this ramped up PJ tour, not WGCs, but kind of WGCs kind of cash redistribution thing. Like it, it seems like if the tour can stand that up and say like, no, 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 no. Like I hear you like here's what we're doing instead like we're, we're no 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 trust me we're like we're fixing all the the issues over here i wonder if the players will be like placated by that or or appeased by that or if they would still ride hard enough to say like no let's blow the whole thing up i think we can guarantee that anything the tour uh, does in response to this does not address where many people are coming at this from a fan perspective, right? They, their answer to this might be to solve some of the money questions related to this, getting top players money, you know, here's, we're doing this, we're doing this pip, we're, we're adding money to the players, we're adding a bunch of purse money in these spots, blah, blah, blah. I totally get all that, but at no point does that address making this any more fun to follow or, or, or watch or root for as yeah. a fan. So and, and I'm aware that this, what I'm, the numbers I'm going to give you don't add up to 100% on this because I'm like 80% in the bucket of like, well, of course, it's better for fans. It's better for top players, better for second tier players. It's going to bring more value to the game. It makes it easier to follow. Like, of course, all of this makes sense. And at the same time, like, well, yeah, of course, they're not going to do it. I'm 80% in that bucket, too. It adds up to 160. Like, both of them are so obvious. That's exactly how I feel. Right? It's yes. so obvious that it should happen. Yes. And so obvious that it probably, like, can't. Yeah. That I am so at odds with all of it. Because every time I talk to somebody that is close to being involved in this project, it's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to poke the holes in how this wouldn't be a lot more interesting as a fan. Have you figured out all of the stuff behind the scenes to make it work for everyone and make it better for everyone? That's on you, and I don't know that. It sounds like you have, but I, you have to convince everyone that's the case. That's a big hurdle. But gosh, as a fan in the room, I am just like two hands. Somebody that went to the RSM this past weekend, like waving hands in the air, like this is... Please unsubscribe me from your list. Look at this answer right here. Like, <laughs> I don't want to receive these emails anymore. Again, Formula One. I know people are tired of it, but Formula One has like, what, 23 events in the calendar? Guess how much the, the they're gonna there's gonna be 18 PGL events plus four majors. That's pretty much their year, right? Yeah. And like every time they're off for a weekend, I'm excited to get back into the next one. And it just seems like making 18 Super Bowls, like Andy said, is so much better for fans than making 48 stroke play events. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um 48 now, Jags Titans games. So for what okay, so the like timeline on this, it, it, again, it seems pretty obvious of like, all right. I have tried. Now it's time for us to get the message out there and hope that this podcast, this interview gets to 
golfers on the PGA Tour and gets agents and players talking. Like, how the the, the footing they got off on with, you know, having 5% Saudi investment to start with and trying to poach players and just honestly kind of coming off as the evil empire from the beginning hurt them so much and that so many people haven't even bothered to listen. I mean, some of the most key people have said, I'm out on all this, don't want to hear any more. And again, it takes two and a half hours to kind of get through not even all of what you need to cover with it. Getting that out into the world and circulating is, I don't want to say it's a game changer, but that is that was the next step in, in the process, right? And Andy specifically laid it out. You know, we've gone away from the poaching model. Here's the reason why. Chicken and egg problem. So many problems. Leaving behind the 169th player in the world was something that a lot of top players were not comfortable with. So now if you follow the, the model of, all right, well, let's get, a, let's get a vote on it. Let's get all tour players to have their say on this. And if, you know, people in the second tier don't want to do it, now the top tier can look and say, like, hey, I don't have this moral issue anymore. And, again, that steps down in the line in the process, and they could maybe revisit the poaching model. And I, I now we're just at step three of 678 steps that have to happen for this, you know, thing to happen. But uh, – do you, do you guys understand though where I'm coming? I'm, I'm I feel like yeah, I'm yeah, re-entering totally. the conversation. Well, here, listen, where it's just like, listen, big. Some people, you know, this is being thrust upon you. You know, you're you're a <laughs> member of the fake news media. You need to jump in and figure out what's going on. Suss I this know. shit out, Solly. I I'm know. so I'm so bummed you haven't gotten to the current season of Succession yet. Oh, you'll spoil it for me anyway. No, all that's I want to say, I, I just want to make sure all these players are, are drinking their cranberry juice. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> make sure they're of sound mind when they're going into these uh, shareholder votes. You feel me, Big? I I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, I just feel like you know to piggyback on like you know we've we've intimated that PGA Tour purses are gonna increase next year. It just seems like nothing drastic is gonna happen until it has to happen. And with money continuing to go up, I I just don't see the environment to bring on like a radical shift in how like PGA tour golf operates. It, it just doesn't make sense for me. It's a conservative organization. Nothing about them would scream like proactive. Let's make a bold move for the viewers. Like it, it just, it, none of it makes sense to me. But what if a little bit of that power is taken out of the organizer's hands and into the player's hands? Well, and I think there are cynical reasons to to be positive about players riding for it too if if the models to be believed and and what andy says i mean it is a significant increase for everybody right i mean there is there are financial motivators i think the tour can probably paint a pretty um compelling picture as far as like what they're currently providing to players i mean i think they can I, I, you know you mentioned a lot of this stuff earlier solly but like with the the PIP stuff, the Comcast business top 10 stuff, the FedEx Cup bonuses, the, you know, the Aon, the, uh, and I'm, I'm going to name them all just to, you know, illustrate how many of them there actually are. But the play 15 thing, you get 50 grand if you play 15 events. There's, uh, what else? I'm, I, f I feel like I'm forgetting some. I feel like there are more. But the point of all this is, like, there are a ton, like, those aren't implemented as, hey, we think fans are going to really enjoy right. following this race. They're implemented as like, oh, thank God, there's another 17 million we can get rid of there to the top players. Oh, phew, thank God. Okay, there's another 5 million out the door. Great. Like, they're just all cash redistribution systems, right? And I guess my point on the PJ Tour side is like, I don't know how many of those you can just keep bolting onto the erector set until it just all becomes like so 
unrecognizable, which feels like a point we're approaching. I mean, I think everybody who follows the game really, really closely can tell you it really feels like something's going to happen. I, I still am with you in the 160%, Solly, in that like I just don't know what that is. I don't know what that's going to be. And I think the conversation changes when you have top players where you say, hey, 48 of you for 20 mil. Like you're, you're talking about tacking on a ton of money being the answer yeah. to any questions the tour has, right? What if we can give you uh, the thing you love the most about the PGA tour, hey, dear top player, what if we gave you more of that even, yeah. and you are guaranteed money and you play less? How does that sound? Yeah. Like take a vote on that. Like start, if you get, again, if you lay the facts out, there is a, uh, Randy, I'm sure you could, you could tell me the, the, probably the, the financial term for like, What's already in motion is super convenient, right? I mean, status quo, whatever that would be, like staying on that train would be super convenient for so many people. But if you laid out plan one and plan two, and if you were starting right now, like what what would people be more inclined to take? Yeah. No, I know. So how do you get to that, like clear that hurdle? I have no freaking idea. I don't know if it can be cleared. I don't, I, I totally don't see a way that doesn't, like the tour doesn't say like, oh, we'll, we'll do this ourselves. I don't know what the PGL owns that they could sell in quotes to the PGA tour. Um, well, I think they would sell the idea of basically being a separate entity, right? Like, I think that's, yeah. I think the tour being a 501c6, I think they would struggle to create this model where like people, uh, people benefit from it so despairingly. Like th there's such a big disparity in how they benefit from it right like not based on performance isn't that the issue essentially i, I don't I, know. I don't know that's where I, I get so out over my skis like trying to both figure all this shit out and also like being an idiot is a tough is a tough combo but what i was gonna say is to circle it all the way back to the first thing i said like you have all this shit going on in in you know somewhere right and then add to that the third option of like hey man we'll give you like hundred million dollars over three years to come play like that's a lot easier to understand <laughs> to me is and that's where I'm, I'm more like oh shit I wonder if guys are just gonna do that but this is where talking about the Saudi yeah stuff that the third player in this is what makes let, let's call um we'll call PGA Tour player player number one strongest player in the game right now we'll call the Saudis player two second strongest in the field and PGL number three and it's kind of like having three presidential, uh, three presidential candidates, right? But one presidential candidate dropping out of being separate and aligning themselves with one would make that presidential candidate stronger against the other, right? So if let's just say Saudi's got has you know fired up forty percent interest or whatever that is, combining PGL and and uh, PGA Tour all of a sudden makes a lot of sense to go fight off the evil empire. Yeah, counterpoint, as someone who's voted for a lot of losing issues, it's also very hard to just uh, get people to vote for common sense ideas. <laughs> I, I do as a risky kind of off but I, I'm, I'm with you, but right? you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I, there's no doubt in my mind that if you can spell all that out, like, it's going to make sense to people, but they're going to still be like, eh, yeah, I don't know, man, but, like, my pension's here, and, like, I know the schedule, <laughs> and, like, the guy who runs, like, the San Diego event's really cool, and, like, I just, I'd rather just keep it how it is. Would, like which of those two forces is stronger is going to be super interesting, interesting to watch, and and of course, like it is, it's difficult for us to discuss because of course we know more than we are allowed to say. But can definitively say since the podcast went out that 
there are things that are there's there's been developments. There's things new, that are happening. New shit has come to light. New shit has come to light. There's uh, in light of new evidence, the cold case has been been reopened. <laughs> of course, a lot of you weren't privy to all this new shit. Uh, so yeah, if you can't tell, there's a reason why we talk about this uh, this so much. One, it's because we're super interested in potentially happening, and two, it's way more interesting to talk about than than the RSM Classic was. But Randy, uh, what what if if you're a voting member, what are you voting for? So somebody asked well, me. Somebody asked me this. I was having coffee with a friend, and and they're like, "Well, I was ranting like a fucking lunatic about all this stuff and and trying to suss it all out." And they're like, "Well, what do you like? What do you want to happen? What are you rooting for?" And I was kind of like stopped in my tracks. I'm like, "Huh? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, let me get back to you on that. I gotta. I gotta think it through." I. I. I mean, I, I, it's pretty chaos. easy to answer, <laughs> which I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get the chaos. I, I'm scared we're gonna get the worst case scenario. Which is the well, let's just we'll steal we'll kind of piecemeal some of these ideas together, make a shitty team series that's guaranteed money, and just be half ass. And it's not this is not a half ass thing. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of precedent. Like Andy did a great job of laying a lot of this out and going through and reading all this stuff too. Randy, sorry, I know I asked you a question and then totally cut you off. No, it's all right. But uh, there is a lot of like historical cycling going on. It seems like there's a lot of you know, we've been here before, and on one hand, there have been some breakaways when that's happened. You know, like the the original PGA of America PGA Tour split is is a precedent. Like Andy did a good job of explaining all that, but we've also seen the PGA Tour just kind of like fight off a lot of these threats, right? And we've seen a lot of that with the coup that he talked about in 1983. We saw it with the WGCs. We've seen it with the FedEx Cup. We've seen it with like all these. All these different things, and so it's uh, it's kind of like which which precedent do you want to uh, believe is going to be the one to uh, to rely on? Randy, what are you rooting for? Was well, a fan, I think leave the majors alone. Uh, I still want to see him play at Riviera, and other than that, I'm I'm for any change that makes professional golf more interesting. I I think. The week-to-week stroke play is just maybe not the greatest formula. Um, so I'd be all for a shakeup from a fan's perspective. I think what I just get stuck on I, is, uh, you know, if this PGL idea is so great, the PGA is just going to take it and use it, which to your earlier point, like Andy seemed to be okay with. But I... I I, that's where I have a little bit of a hard time. It's like, oh my gosh, it's such a good idea. Well, it's like, well, if it is that good of an idea, the PJ will just take it and run with it. I, I don't, I, I always struggle with like what the PGL as an entity like brings. And that's where it's the most powerful thing in the world, right? It's an idea. <laughs> I think the best chance for the PGL to happen is again, to, to follow this step where it's like, we came back to the table. We tried to work with you. We brought it to a vote. You didn't want to. All right, now it's re- like top players. Let's revisit this. Like, do you want we will revisit the chicken and egg problem? Do you want to take a leap and come do this over here? Because we're going to put up twenty million bucks a week, and co crack might come. I'm like, so hey, Kepka, do you want to come do this? JT, do you want to come do this? Rory, Tiger, Phil, do you guys want to come do this? Because we're going to put up the money. We got the money, and uh, you know we get we gave you. I, you can take. The, I mean, I'm sure you can find out who voted yes for it, right? If it does get to a vote. Take the guys who voted yes and be like, "All right, come on, we're gonna come do this." Yeah. What? This is not a rhetorical question. I'm very, genuinely curious what you guys think. What about the status quo, like the current day PJ Tour is is worth 
preserving in your mind? What do you like? What do you love about it? What would you want to see kept? And while you're thinking, I'm happy to. I mean, I like the players. I think it's an amazing yeah. tournament. Um, you know, living in Jacksonville, especially, we maybe get a little tired of the commercials. I guess living anywhere, you probably get a little tired of the commercials. You but love the song, though. Still a great. Oh, the song. The theme song slaps. Uh, I'll always, I've always loved the memorial. Um, Riviera is one of my favorites. But, like, yeah, there's nothing that. There's not, it's always situational, right? It's like, all right, we got Spieth and Reed going, going head to head this weekend. Like I got to make sure I tune in for that. Like it, that they could do that at the Honda. Yeah. And I know Spieth doesn't play the Honda, whatever, but like if they, it doesn't matter what tournament that is, I'll tune in to watch that. Right. right. It's that's, that's situational stuff. And the idea would be you get more of these head to head matchups, these storylines that build out and play out right in front of us. Like how freaking rare was like Tiger versus Phil in a real showdown? Over the course yeah, of 25 like years. Three times. Right? And so, like, actually kind of manipulating a little bit so it's more likely to happen and just keeping my attention for, you know, you're just going to keep people for longer, right? You get a little worn out by, like, maybe this will come down to, you know, something really exciting at the end, and it often doesn't. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I I, I think the uh, – this is a bad answer, but I'll explain why. I think the relegation aspect of it is – something that's supposed to be great the the whole like this you, is the, you've the gained what? your card you've lost your card is supposed to be an awesome part of the year and has just oh yeah become unrecognizable over the last 15 years right with you know whether it's giving out more cards whether it's the amount of money that people who keep their card like still end up making it's just it's painted as this complete uh like storybook uh win or go home thing and it's just it's pretty false. Uh, it's it's great on the Corn Ferry Tour, but I think a change on the PGL would would bring a lot more of that, which would be great. Uh, I like the, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a cheese dick answer, but I like the community aspect of it. I love the places like Moline. I love like the you know that has hosted the John Deere for a really long time, and the people who who host that and who put up, you know, the host organizations that, that put up these tournaments, I think is something that makes the PJ tour like very unique and very, very cool. Uh, I think that would go away, but you know, also kind of not. And that's, that's the whole other thing is I, I do struggle. I'm sure Andy would be able to explain this, but how his model works, but I do struggle a little bit with the whole, no, 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 there's going to be a massive thing that everybody's going to watch over here, but also like the rest of the PJ tour stays exactly the same. I don't get how that works from like a media standpoint. Uh, that that I would I know I would not be interested in watching those events. Uh, yeah, as like a, how as a how often do you want to watch like just week to week corn fairy? Yeah, stuff like that's what it would become. I think so. I I do struggle with that a little bit. I think it'd be very awesome to watch as the you know as the year winds down. Like who's going to get promoted to the PGL? I think would be fascinating. That would be really cool. But I don't get how like a year long media deal works for. Uh, all those kind of like left behind guys, the guys from 50 to 200. I don't, I don't totally get how that would work. His part of the top 48 guys already winning 55, 60% of the, of the purse anyways. And so you having a remainder purse for, for that group, how that makes, you know, somewhat sense. And, and also combining that with the European tour now becoming the DP world tour, getting uh, a re-upped, you know, a sponsorship and, and some structure in place for the next several years goes to show like that, that tour does not have the top players in the world on it. And there's money available to be 
played yeah. for for those guys. Totally. Fan interest, I think, is – so fan interest is already a problem, right? So you, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, hey, next tier of PGA Tour golf is going to be super interesting to yeah. fans, but that's already a problem. So That's what I was going to say. We were kind of joking about this earlier in the week. Like, we've alluded to this a number of times. It sounds like it's going to be announced this week that a bunch of – a bunch of purses are going to go up uh, and, you know, pretty exorbitantly. And it is crazy to just think about, like, doing all of that for these events that are going to get, like, a .6 rating or something like that. It's just, it, it is, it does make you scratch your head. So, yeah, maybe it's truly, like, doesn't matter. And if there's money to go around, it doesn't matter if people are watching it or not. I don't get how that works. But maybe <laughs> people smarter than me uh, can explain that. I... I can totally see it being, again, I hate going back to Formula One yet again, but like you wouldn't, uh, Formula One's so massive, right? The revenue's so massive that I, I believe to understand it to support Formula Two, Formula Three, and W Series, and all kinds of other and, and parts that makes of racing. total sense, but like do those, and I don't know the answer, do those have any kind of like media deal or does nobody care? Like are these just going on? And and kind of like existing just to exist. I believe one. they do. Like you can subscribe to the F one, gotcha, whatever, and, and watch it if you're a diehard fan and whatnot. But I think um, it's a little different. I know you know this obviously, but it's it is different having those spread across eighteen hole golf courses all over the country. It's a right. lot different than just having your same cameras in place on a Wednesday instead right. of a Sunday, right? Yeah. No, I agree. It's not simple, but it's also like, hey, this top thing is so big and does yeah. filter down to other levels that the idea being like, let's package this top level of this in an entirely different way and see what we're able to do distribution-wise through the rest of the tour. And what's interesting is I think it does get back to what I was saying about the RSM where it's like, it, it does truly become like, yeah, man, either like watch it or don't. Like, I don't, I don't care. But right. it, rather than trying to be like, no, 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 but it's like the same as you know, these other big events that you love. No, this is just as good. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is great. Come on. Uh, at least that would go away, which would be nice. Josh Elliott. I don't know if this is the... the uh, Glorious Madness. I don't know if this is Glorious Madness, Josh. <laughs> Josh R. Elliott. Uh, Dream PGL course rotation. There's 18 events, 12 in the U.S., 6 international. Well, so I think one thing he alluded to, again, this is all very, very pie in the sky, and we're taking Andy's proposal at its word, which is comes with, you know, its own risks i guess uh but i think what he said in there is kind of like you you'd have the option to take like some of the best pga tour events and make them pgl events which randy to your point i know you said you want to watch riviera i don't know if you care about what the format is if you like watching it as a, a hundred and whatever it is I now mean, i don't think it's having having the best in the world at riviera would be would watch the best yeah i mean i it, and i think that undercuts a lot of this discussion is at the end of the day the most people just want to watch the best golfers in the biggest spots on the best courses. Like that's why the majors are popular. Right. So as a fan, anything you can do to, to coerce or manipulate so that the best players are playing against each other the most often, that's, that's a win. Um, so yeah, sorry. Like Riviera being a PGL event would be sweet. I would love that. What else would be on that list for you from the, from the PGA tour? I mean, I think there should be a, uh, obviously, I, I think a better balance of like visiting the world's great golf courses. Which this. sounds so cool. Like making the Scottish and or the Irish, uh, the Australian Open, like making those full on like part of a world tour sounds like would subscribe. Yeah. Like Abu Dhabi and Dubai do not yeah. get me excited in any of that. I mean, Sandbelt, obviously, Royal Melbourne was one of the best golf events, I've, professional golf events I've ever watched, that President's Cup. 
Um, so obviously, Quail Hollow obviously need to be in the mix <laughs> there as well as a, as a storied uh, Bell Reeve. Of course, we need to get to. Um, I don't think it. I don't think this tour it becomes like uh, let's do the Cypress thing. Let's do Pine Valley now. No. It's just made for television. Like I think these things would be even enormous yeah. spectacles. Yeah. Like think waste management on on like steroids. Like I, I think that's what they're picturing with these like in person sections of these events. Yeah. Like I, I almost like maybe you have to build golf courses even for them that have size like amphitheater style seating that like waste management in more places. Like that's the only way to make golf really more exciting is to make it an even more exciting in person spectacle, right? That you're like I got all right, I got to go to one, I got to go see one, right? Um, Which is where the uh, yeah, I'm I'm not super duper wild about the shotgun start idea. I'm not necessarily either, but I get why they do it. And if you were a fan going to an event that had a big you know, encircled par three amphitheater, it would be a lot better than going to the Phoenix Open now, which sucks when you show up at like yeah. 5 a.m. and nobody gets there until 9.30. I like the shotgun start maybe for the first two days, um, but one of the great things that PGA Tour Golf has going for it is the most exciting stretch is the last five, six holes, Yeah, right? And that's worth usually worth tuning in for unless it's kind of a runaway. So still giving us that steady stream of guys I, finishing. Yeah. Yeah, is better than like, uh, all right, this putt's for the win. No, this one's for the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's a I'm little too much for me, I think. Um, and and I, I think, you know, Andy's laying out like what the current state plan-wise is for this. And that's, again, why I didn't want to get into too much detail on the specifics of it because that is so far away from being ironed out. That like legitimately getting in the door to be pursued is what the current state of this thing is. Yeah. And I think he's got that stuff lined up here. He can propose it. I just think that stuff is so susceptible to being tweaked and moved around. Um, just it not being a breakaway league anymore. It's like the, the collaboration aspect is going to mean a lot of details are going to take a long time if it does get to that. So we, which I, Chelsea. again, not to, uh, not to keep coming back to this, but the thing that kind of, sits weird with me or leaves like a weird taste is this idea of how long that idea would take to come to fruition versus the Saudi like well here's a bunch of cash on the table man like I, I don't know I don't know what they're talking about over there but like here you go here's a hundred million dollars you can count it if you want does that force the PJ tour and PGL to speed things up don't know so along the same lines can we get to some Billy Horschel quotes from this week sure this is from the Golf Digest uh, summary. He, uh, I, I, it's hard to tell what the way they ordered this in, in the in the in the article, but I believe one of his quotes was referring to something about 90th on the money list and pull in a million plus dollars, and in uh, and, and continued by saying it does sound harsh. It sounds like I'm trying to maybe attack the guys lower on tour, but I'm not. But I'm asking, are you doing everything you can to be the best player you can? If you aren't, we shouldn't just be giving handouts because you got your PGA Tour card and you're not making as much as some other guys. We should make the tour more competitive. We would change the way the money pays out, where the top 30, 40 guys get paid a lot of money, and then you don't get paid as much down below. So it really pushes guys to do everything they can to be the best player they can be. Instead of giving out 125 cards a year, we cut it down to 100. And if we cut down the Corn Ferry cards from 50 to 30, and you make fields 120. Now you're getting the better players week in and week out. Doing that takes care of any other tour that comes along to compete against the PGA Tour or the European Tour. There's a lot there. First of all, I don't disagree with some of it. I love I, it. I, I disagree I, with one big part. 
that uh, he's not ripping on the other guys on tour, <laughs> the lower guys on tour. There is definitely a little bit of like getting to the mountaintop and scrambling to pull the ladder up behind you, which is interesting. Uh, I don't disagree about the number of cards because I think, you know, I think the only pushback to that would be like, oh, it's all these great, you know, it's these great stories when these guys get through and blah, blah, blah. I think that's a sliding scale and it's fairly arbitrary. Uh, I think wherever you draw the line, like there's there's going to be a line, right? So I think if if it was only whatever he said, if it was only a hundred cards instead of one hundred twenty five, I think it it makes Wyndham pretty much the exact same, right? If not yeah. even a little more interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I I'm not sure. I, I it it definitely seems a little suspect or straw manny that uh, anybody who's on the PJ Tour is not trying to be the best player in the world. That's of the <laughs> PJ Tour players that I've met. That's not the vibe that I get, but certainly he knows a lot more of them than I do. Yeah, so. once I got to 125, I just start, stopped working hard, man. Exactly. Like, I made it. I don't need to work hard out there. Uh, yeah, it seems a little a little straw manny, maybe. So what I don't get is how, how all this math adds up, right? Because, like, they had trouble. They have trouble filling fields sometimes on the PGA <laughs> Tour, right? So... I think his answer would also need to include cutting number of events, right? Because if you're going to have this many events, guys are still going to want to take starts off, and you got to go down the line to fill it in with guys that have tour cards to to have starts. Which I think gets back to again the you know if you're the PGA Tour, like is it really worth giving up a week on the calendar? Like yeah. is that a positive for you or a negative? And I think my answer on that has has changed a lot now that I've like thought about it a little bit more. I don't know, man. I, I think the biggest thing of all this, like it's it's so complex and so fascinating to me. I know I keep saying that on the podcast every time yep. I'm on, but like it is by far the most interesting thing going on in the world of golf. I could not give a shit less who won any of the last, I don't know, 10 events. Basically anything going back to like the British Open. I I've truly, A, couldn't tell you, and B, like really haven't cared. Uh, and that's been kind of refreshing, but this has got me, it's got my gears turning. A friend of mine texted me and they were about the CJ Cup. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, like that was like five weeks ago. Like who, like who won that? I was like, oh yeah, it was my favorite player, <laughs> Rory. Yeah, that didn't stick with me at all. And that's just like, I, I don't get how that is a sustainable place to be. Randy, anything to add on the Horschel front? No, I kind of agree with them. I for the reasons DJ laid out. I, I think tweaking the payout structure, making it more top heavy, would be interesting. A lot of jokes, a lot of lot of fun. You know, rugged individualist capitalist jokes you can make in there which is also fun that word handouts that, that, that word handouts in there just seems a little uh that it seems it's that's painted that's coded in some things it if is. you will sure yeah i don't know this is like kind of feels like a um you know other sports catch a lot of grief like baseball is going to go through on this off season a labor situation that this feels like golf going through a, a labor situation in real time which i'm usually my default is like i don't care just tell me when the games start again but dj to your point i mean it is interesting just because i think as a fan i'm not sure if the product is in the best place it can be uh week to week so a lot of interesting thought experiments. I, I don't really have anything to add besides that. I but I, I I do think, you know, I don't certainly don't disagree with what Horschel is saying. I think on you, you kind of touched on something that crystallizes why this is so interesting for me. I think, and it's not necessarily like the the structure and the playing opportunities and all the like mergers and acquisitions like type stuff. I'm I'm with you on that where it's like, dude, I'm an idiot and I don't get how this works. And so I guess just like tell me when we got something, 
what really sticks out to me, and I think the the best justification I can make for why we keep talking about this is that the best players in the world over the last six, seven years have maybe or maybe not been sitting in rooms like semi-secretly talking about whether or not to blow up the entire structure <laughs> of professional golf, right? And that to me is like, holy shit, man, we should talk about what's going on here. Like this is, how has nobody else been talking about this for like seven years? That's unbelievable. And it, that it continues to blow my mind. And so I think that's what's fueling a lot of my like, man, I'm really interested to see how this goes because Randy, to your point, I'm I'm probably very overzealous in thinking it's going to happen a lot sooner than it will, and it'll probably be 15 years before anything actually takes place. But when that 15-year mark hits, is pro golf going to look entirely, entirely different than it does now? And maybe yes, maybe no, but uh, it seems like there's a strong enough possibility in the yes column that it's at least worth discussing and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, can I make you at least one, just one guarantee? Sure. There's sure. a 100% chance between now and the end of the year that there will be some, like there will be some, something of interest will happen. Like there will be some development either way towards this before the end of the year. Well, so setting the, not necessarily maybe publicly known or whatnot, but it, it's not going to be nothing. Well, I think just to set the listeners up a little bit, like the next interesting thing that has to happen is the tours ruling on whether or not they're going to grant releases for the Saudi Arabia event. Right. That's not till January, though. Right. So be just January third or fourth or something. They have to because it has it has to be before thirty days. Yeah. Or, or within I think 30, it's thirty days prior to the event, they yeah. have to decide whether they're going to grant players who they said they would not grant releases to go play in this event. They have to decide whether they're going to stick to that or they can stick to that legally. They can stop people from playing it. I don't like that. I think is a somewhat telling situation that at least seems like the next action step. Right. That. People can look out. I think there'll be there'll be something totally at a, at separate a minimum, from that. At a minimum, I'm totally saying, separate yeah. from that. I'm not saying there's going to be t- action from the tour, but there's going to be uh, some developments on this front within the next couple weeks, next several weeks, and up before the end of the year. I would I would venture to say. So we'll we'll keep you posted. Maybe we'll see what we can share. Uh, on Randy, the, Randy, watch this space for further updates. Golf news, please coming. watch this space. Golf news coming. <laughs> uh, on the F1 note, another interesting development. Lewis Hamilton yeah. wins in Qatar, uh, pulls within eight points of Max Verstappen. The Mercedes looks a little spicy this time of year. I don't know. I'm yeah, getting was, nervous. It was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a snoozer of a race, but yeah, fast and sets up a, a fascinating end of the season. And I don't know enough about like how these engines actually work, but from I heard it summarized basically of like so he took a grid penalty last week to replace the engine, and like the engine they have in there is. You know, you're supposed. You know, ideally, you would make it set up for whatever number, eight thousand miles, so it could last a lot of races. But with only a certain amount of miles remaining in the season, they can make it like, all right, no, this thing needs to last us three thousand, and that's it. And that thing. So, so last week, Hamilton gets uh, disqualified from the first qualifying before the sprint race. Starts in twentieth for that, and has taking a grid penalty for the for the uh, engine. Gets fifth in the sprint race from 20th, has to take the five places to go back to 10th, and wins the race. <laughs> it was about as handicapped as you could have possibly been for a race, and he won it, and then pulled this week, and it was like, okay, well, he's going to win the race again. And I don't know if Max can beat him in either of these last two. I mean, he yeah. looks totally unbeatable right now. Where are they going? Do you know the last two? It's Saudi Arabia and... Uh, Will F1 grant releases? Abu Dhabi, I think, right? 
I think it finishes in Abu Dhabi, but a a literal race, race to the desert. (laughs) Uh, the constructors is really tight too. I know, you know, that's, that's just five points between Mercedes and Red Bull. So Botas a a lot of nothing, a lot of drama at the top. Yeah. That hurt. Um, that's what, when I, when you were saying that DJ about like, yeah, I don't know who won five weeks ago or even like last week. It's like, yeah, well, the sport that entered all our lives that we were not planning for, like is what we care about who wins on Sundays. A little it's bit. amazing. Yeah. yeah. They go, uh, this was, this was cut and they go Saudi Arabia, then Abu Dhabi. So Saudi Arabia is, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. And then it's right straight to Abu Dhabi from there. Saudi Arabia track is not finished yet. <laughs> and they go there December 3rd. Randy, are you going to the Saudi Arabia race? Or are you going to uh, watch on TV? Well, it's, Trying to work out some travel stuff, <laughs> but we'll see. I'm hoping to make it. Can I make a quick Is there point? A direct from Denver to Riyadh. Uh, that's yeah. Well, maybe I might go through Singapore. Just <laughs> check out the airport. Uh, can I make one point on this? Actually, as I went to Qatar this past week, um, you know, a lot of people love to throw what aboutism questions when it comes to like Saudi Arabia and the golf events and all that. Well, you're supporting Formula One that's going to all this. Like the literal difference is in what Lewis Hamilton said this week about Cutter, about how like, first of all, he wore a, a rainbow hat or a helmet this past week uh, in kind of raising awareness for human rights issues in Cutter and basically called, you know, waved his hands and said like, these countries need to be continued to be scrutinized for their human rights violations. And like pair that up against like, Brooks Kepka's quotes about the breathtaking views of the Red Sea when he sure. goes to Saudi Arabia. And that's the literal difference between the two of like getting money from a country to sing their praises versus like, yeah, he's getting money from the sport and competing in this country, but at the same time, like standing up for what he believes in. Uh, I think that's a, a noteworthy difference that I just wanted to call attention to. I agree. Thank you. Big doesn't agree. It's nice. Well, no, no, I no, do. He, I do. There, there's a very interesting, uh, perhaps, sad hopefully not tragic uh situation going on in women's tennis right now with china and a chinese player that accused um a chinese official of sexual assault and they've censored her on social media uh nobody knows her whereabouts in the last couple weeks and the wta the women's tennis association is taking a very strong stance against china and uh to your point you know uh, a departure maybe from some other professional sports leagues so if anybody is is wanting to see uh, pro sports leagues v you know some of these problematic countries, that's a story to keep an eye on as well. Interesting. All right, we have uh, the match. What a way to end our golf yeah. podcast! Mm-hmm. We have the yeah. match coming on Friday. You guys excited for this one? Do you want to talk about the the Brooks uh, tweet about the video? The yeah. the thing about being rent free. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be in Bryson's head? It's so bad. Like. How does the social media for this thing get worse? That seemed like it would have to. There were so many like designers that would have had to go into that. So Brooks tweeted a thing about like, I, do you rent or own? I live rent free in Bryson's head, and then there was this like super elaborate graphic, <laughs> super elaborate that like zoomed in on his eye, uh, and like into his brain. But it was it, it was, was his Brooks own in brain. his own head. And then he was like sitting on a beach. It made no fucking sense at all. It was it was the opposite of the point he was trying to make. And none of this matters. It's just like, yo, come on, man. Who's approving this stuff? What are we doing? Yeah, never underestimate how bad social media reps are. Remember Alexi with the Solheim Cup? Her her social media had it played in uh, Scotland. uh, Yeah. Yeah, and being in Scotland. 
I still go it's, back. It's the, unbelievable. The, you know, I don't know how you ever beat this. At Tiger Woods on August 22nd, 2018. It's on at Phil Mickelson. Mickelson replied, I bet you think this will be the easiest $9 million you will ever make. Tiger replied, think you will earn some bragging rights? <laughs> it's tough. God, it's tough. I don't know how they squashed, like how they were managed to squash like the, the Bryson Brooks, like very real thing and make it like as commercial as possible. Like, as fast, the speed at which they were able to do that for me, like actually caring about this to like, all right, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have it anymore. That was um, alarmingly fast. Not to make a semi serious, although maybe stupid point. Uh, I think we need to watch that with the PGL as well. I'm all for more drama. I'm all for like better matchups. I'm all for all those things, but I'm not for manufacturing it because people, humans have proven they're not able to do that. Right. Uh, They're, they're not able to like drum up fake interest and, and make it real. It doesn't, it it has to be real. And so I I am a little wary of some of the PGL, like uh, playing God type type stuff trying to trying to make rivalries that don't exist or, or any of those things you got to just have some restraint let the you know let let the things play out as they as they need to i'm a little I'm, we're watching we're watching that closely when and, has golf has ever, ever let us down on that front i mean just, come on i got a total faith to be fair and balanced if we're talking social media we need to also acknowledge as you i would have hoped you would have held andy's feet to the fire on how bad the oh Twitter i did, i know i didn't get to ask him about that i i, I could have and should have and it's not uh, good it's not great but i think it's again part of their story that is they've not done a great job of telling uh <laughs> it's a metaphor it is a bit of a metaphor but uh all right, I'll be watching the match. I'll be tuning in. Maybe not live, but uh, I'll, I'll catch some match. We'll talk about it. Twelve holes is better than eighteen holes. I it's like a lot better. I like that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pop it on. We'll see what see. We'll see, see what, what happens. Like. So, Randy, have a wonderful Sunday out in the in the West. Uh, DJ as well. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.